Greetings, gentle listeners of the Brose Podcast. Typically, this is the portion of the program where we would place some of our playful, witty pre-show banter to give you a behind-the-scenes look at just how clever we are when the mics aren't rolling, even though they, of course, are rolling. However, in reviewing the non-show audio, we discovered that the only humorous discussion we had for this episode was, once again, regarding our co-host Sean's dick. Now, I'm not about to go off-brand here and say that we at the Brose Podcast are above this sort of humor, because if you've ever listened to even 20 seconds of our show, it's obvious that we aren't. But three weeks in a row is probably a bit much, and while we do enjoy a good deal of smut, it isn't the only color in the Brose rainbow. So, in lieu of our normal pre-show festivities. I'd like to start today's show with a work from poet Alyssa Underwood, uh, the imagery of which I believe you'll all find refreshing and different. It's called The Fountainhead. Might there be a fountain where souls long dead from thirst find spirits raised to life in floods abounding free, so that what once walked as corpse, night bound and blind, may see? Old self exchange for treasure diving in, Tastes such rejuvenation as can't be weighed by mortal measure. Ah, forget it. Roll the tape, baby! We'll knock out the read at the beginning. Not the Sean read. Not, not the Sean read again. <laughs> I mean, you could. Just, I have another statement from just, Sean. Just to reiterate from three weeks ago, Sean's dick is broken. Yeah, it's Sean's broken. It's also not of a normal size. <laughs> it's very small. Yeah, it's extraordinarily small. Only the second one. I mean, oh, we just yeah, don't have confirmation first one, on the first. first one. Yes, it's true. I didn't say anything about the first one. The first one is like magnum size. <laughs> um, hmm. You might balanced. want to clarify that. Yeah. It's balanced. All right. Yeah, we might need a statement for that, too. <laughs> All right. All right. <clears throat> Welcome to Brosé, the podcast for bros who drink rosé. My name is Matt Casnell, and I am joined, as I am every week, by my bros in rosé. To my right, Mr. Richard Sweeten. Hey, guys. To my left, reporting to us live from the seventh circle of hell, Mr. Tim Hansen. It's still hot out here. And joining him as a brother in Tim A, uh, my, my our good friend and guest of honor, Mr. Tim Bulger. Yay! Hello. I never stopped doing hot. the Kermit. Thing. Complaining so much. <laughs> you you actually this time didn't raise your hands like Kermit. Like, ah! Sean O'Brien is still dealing with myriad health issues. Uh, we wish him the best, uh, and he will be back uh, next episode probably, unless. You know, I mean, we got three weeks, so yeah, anything can we'll, happen. We'll see what happens. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, Sean, unfortunately, could not be here, but his presence uh, is, is always felt. But we are very lucky, excited, thrilled, honored, pleasured to be here, joined by Mr. Tim Bulger in his stead. Uh, Tim, Bulger, your thoughts? <laughs> he was in the middle of eating. Good job. Yep, that's, that's what being a good host is all about. He was eating an apple. Give him a second. It's all, it's what good, that's what a good host does. He um, sets his, he sets his, his uh, co-host I really appreciate the fact that uh, I've been having Tim visiting me in the seventh circle of hell. For three I'm not weeks sure now. I'm going to be giving him back. We'll see. For three weeks, wait, by the way. Wait, so is Hanson yeah. visiting you or are you visiting Hanson? Well, I'm forcefully visiting. I'm forcefully visiting. Yeah, he's not so, allowed to leave. We're, we're both current residents. Okay. Mm. Interesting. I want to delve into property rates over there, of course, in the seventh circle of hell. But for those That's of you probably who... cheaper than New Jersey. Hey. So it's not uh, hard to do. For those of you who have never listened to this show before, uh, the premise is very simple. Premise. Ding. Everybody drink. Drink. Uh, we are four bros who discuss the life, the universe, and everything thrown at us in the form of questions uh, posed by you, the listener, as well as the, the loved ones in our lives. And we discuss them all over a glass of rosé. This is episode 5.3, which means that we are on the third glass of rosé for the evening, so things are going to uh, be a little fun. Some um, of us are feeling a little bit more loopy than others. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Amen to that. I take you, offense to that. If you missed episode 4.1 or 4.2, or if you just want to listen to our previous uh, rounds of episodes, we're available pretty much everywhere podcasts are available. iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, bo- you know, anywhere, anywhere. You know, if you invented a podcast app Today, within 24 hours, Rich Sweeten, uh, social media guru extraordinaire, would have it on there. You, you, you mean 5-1 or 5-2? But I mean, also, if you miss 4-1, 4-2, or 4-3... 
all of those. So all whatever number. Get them all in there. Get them all in there. Um, and, of course, if you have questions for the show, you can hit us up at brosequestions at gmail.com to send us those questions. Before we get going, because we do have a third envelope of questions here for us to answer today, we have a sponsor for this week's episode. And this week's episode of Brose is brought to you by Radio Shack. That's right. We're <laughs> back, baby. Take a trip down to Radio Shack Express, a thing that exists inside of Hobbytown stores, which are also things that exist. This isn't your dad's Radio Shack, no sir. After two crippling back-to-back bankruptcies, we're new, nimble, sleek, and other buzzwords used to describe companies that used to have 400 stores, but now have been relegated to Pizza Hut inside a Walmart status. Tired of waiting two whole days for sturdy, inexpensive electronics from overseas? Come to Radio Shack and get crappy, expensive electronics from overseas today. We've got gold-finished auxiliary cables, gold-finished video cables, gold-finished phone cases, gold-finished headphones, gold-finished boomboxes. Everything's better in gold. Gold! But when everything breaks immediately, all of your shiny gold purchases are 20% backed up by our optional insurance plans. Insurance for an earbuds? You bet your sweet bippy. Don't forget to grab one of our $2 DVDs on the way out. We've got Gigli, Freddy Got Fingered, and every Ernest P. Worrell movie ever made. Please buy them, or I have to take them home. We're committed to providing a fantastic customer experience. To quote one of our official store Facebook pages, we're closed. Fuck all of you. Never liked any of you prick customers anyway. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Sorry. Uh, uh, we uh, 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 Fantastic customer experience. Okay. That's why we've added innovations like a customer service phone line. It's like an online chat service, but without the chance to censor yourself before you curse out an underpaid college graduate who does know where your order of gold-plated lightning cables is, but candidly could not give less of a shit. You've seen the rest. Now try the rest again. Radio Shack. I think I'll go with Wish instead. Wish <laughs> Wish really is screwing up the super cheap overseas uh, electronics market uh, because you can get SD cards for like $8 now and they look <clears> exactly <throat> like SanDisk cards because they use the same font as SanDisk, but they're not. Like, they're just eh, it's $8 for disc brand discs. <laughs> the Wish is absolutely a gamble, but sometimes mm-hmm. it, it definitely pays out. And they and they play into that, too, like because they have that wheel that you can spin, and it's like, oh, if you spin this wheel, 100 items are, you know, a 1,000% off. And they're basically free, but you get it, and it's, and you know... New. It's like a bowl of gruel instead of, you know, your aux cable. It sounds like an adventure. Like, I got a solar charger that sucks balls. Do I have, like, uh, Bluetooth aux inputs for your phone that work phenomenally? I got a couple of those. I've got, like, oh, that's multi, awesome. like multiple USB things. It's like, USB-C? You can plug it into me. Uh, micro SD, normal SD, blah, 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 put all of these into me and I still work and that works fine. I haven't had any issues. It's insane. But it's, it's just so weird. And I was like, maybe $10 altogether for all of those things I just mentioned. It's like, it is like playing the lottery, <clears throat> but, but occasionally you hit a winner like the, the, the SD, the, the USB hub or something like that. And it takes Unlike so long for you to get here. You for, it takes so long for it to get here. You forget you ordered it, and then it's a gift for you. It really is like a gift. <laughs> sometimes, like, you ordered one, we sent you seven. All right. Mm-hmm. I mean, Whoops. Uh, sorry. This is for Radio Shack. No, yeah, we're saying Radio Shack sucks. Oh. Yeah. We're not, sorry, we're, not, we're not good for our sponsors, Tim. That's another we're thing you have to learn about the uh, the Brose podcast is we end up ripping the, uh, the people care, that we... Be careful. I'll throw a stone at you. <laughs> Whoa. We went over this last week. He could week. kill two yeah. birds with one stone. Yeah, yeah, Bird's also yeah. not a sponsor of this podcast. <laughs> yeah, they, they're staunch. Uh, we they're hate gonna, Rose. They're going to come back at us with uh, Kid Rock and references. <laughs> and uh, Sean Connery and The Rock. Like, we'll just have to give them the people's elbow. Or the Stone Cold Stunner. The Stone Cold Stunner. Uh, so, Rich, you have the third. Do you have the third envelope? Or do I have you, the third envelope? You took it. I had an envelope. Oh, I do have the third envelope. We're going to talk okay. about our wine. Oh, yeah, we should do that. We need to do that bit, Matt. Yeah, that bit, that that segment that we make up over and over again. Uh, I don't even remember what I'm drinking. Uh, So uh, let's start with with Rich. You've got your bottle in hand. I'm waiting for Tim Hansen to put his bottle down for the third straight episode. (laughs) No. I am am drinking uh, Mepreco. It is a product of Portugal. It is a Vino Verde, uh, 2017 Rosé. That's all I got. It's got a, an L on it. 
It's really good. Like, even, like, the, the ice ran out in my glass two hours ago. Oh, wow. It's still good. Like, it doesn't burn. It doesn't sting. It's very sweet. Like, mm. I like it. If we were smart, what we could have done, we discussed this briefly in our, in our, it's, every podcast has a Slack channel. We don't have a Slack channel. We have a Facebook messenger group, but we're going to start calling it our Slack channel. Yeah. All right. So in our Slack, Slack channel, Slack is, it's like a, it's like a chat client for like, like media for companies. Right? Yeah. Oh. It's, it's, right. Yeah. So anyway, in our, in our Slack chat, um, uh, we were discussing doing like our best brosés of the year or our best rosés of the year. If we were smart, we would have been ranking these and we could have done like during our New Year's podcast, like, okay, here are 20, 2018's best rosés. Yeah, I was supposed to work on that, but uh, no one gave me their. Uh, their Tim gave you yet. his. Fuck you. You <laughs> made fun of me because you're like, if you remember, the only one who answered you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> The thing is, uh, my my favorite rosé of the year was also going to be Dark Horse Rosé by Tim from Tim Hansen <laughs> because of because of the, the the impressive showing in in round three that we had uh, a oh few boy. weeks ago. It was um, excellent. But anyway, 100%. so so on, on that subject, Mr. Hansen, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Reserva Casiero del Diablo Rosé, uh, Chilean wine. It's it's really good. This is so far. Pretty much every wine we've had so far. Uh, by episode three, I'm just like, fuck it, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, uh, I, th- I thoroughly enjoy this. Okay. It's not giving me heartburn. It's not doing any weird shit. And normally I prefer sweeter wines when it comes to the lighter wines, but this is more on the dry side, and I am totally okay with it. I'm drinking Menage a Trois. Uh, which Rich, I think you said this is like what eight or nine dollar bottle of wine. Uh, I think it's like nine oh seven or something like that. Okay, so candidly, this does not taste like a eight or nine dollar bottle of wine when I started, and I'm sort of starting to f- feel like it is an eight or nine dollar bottle of wine. It is <laughs> fine for what it is, uh, in and I've seen Menage Trois as a brand, and typically I'm fine with it, but. I, I don't know. So it, it, this is this is solidly Braveridge, maybe slightly below Braveridge, only in comparison to the other rosés I've had since we started doing this show. If I had no frame of reference, I'd be like, yeah, this is this is a pretty good rosé. This yeah. is a pretty good rosé. Like, uh, my favorite of last year so far, or my favorite so far was Lab. Um, oh, yes, Lab. And this, this, this Mapreco runs pretty close to Lab. I think mine is still probably the Apothic, but um, the Apothic rosé was actually quite good for uh, like a sub-15 bottle, dollar bottle of rosé. Yeah. Um, Mr. Bulger, what are you drinking tonight? Um, so if I remember properly, it's called Prophecy. I can't tell the whole bottle's on fire at this point, but it does taste pretty good, and I haven't had any Shattered problems with pieces. it. So. Yeah. I don't know why yours hasn't caught up, but, you know, I guess you're, you're carrying it around, so. My heart is a black hole, so it's too cold. Mm. Hanson is actually Metasopheles himself, so he, he knows exactly. He, he, he's he's immune. Mr. Metasopheles. So uh, we have in our hands uh, questions from envelope number three, which on the back, it says RIP Josh 2018 to 2019. Josh, <laughs> uh, indeed. Jo- Josh, of course, the. Boy. The, the rosé of oh, rosé. Don't if, worry, I got him a new wine called Nicholas. If if Sean's if Sean's <laughs> junk was not broken, he would be here to extol the virtues of Josh, which I think he would probably pick as his favorite rosé of 2018. He loved he he, he still, thoroughly loved Josh. He somehow had a second bottle of Josh at his house. He was excited. <laughs> he kept buying it. No, like somebody brought it over and he uh, had more of it. I and almost bought him another bottle for his birthday. What's that? I almost bought him another bottle for his birthday. Yeah, mm. I was like, no, it's. No. Well, you, you did. You did one better with a different name, which she'll probably yeah. have next time. So. He should. He needs a new man in his life. Teaser, if you want to know what he's drinking next time. Speaking of another teaser, we were informed before we started this episode. There are there are six questions in this envelope for uh, week for episode five dot three. Uh, one of them is specifically catered to the expertise of one Mister Sean O'Brien, uh, who again, uh, you know if he ever recovers, uh, might be back on this show at some point and can maybe help us out with um, with uh, with that question. But if we stumble upon it, we may postpone that question until a later date. Yeah. So there's a question specifically catered to Sean's knowledge, and that is what we call a tease. So, so we'll, we'll just say we only have five questions this week, but in a future episode, it's a bonus learn, question. Learn bonus, 
Patreon question. For our that Patreon set up. subscriber. <laughs> for our Patreon donors. Uh, all right. So are, are you gentlemen ready for the third round of questions in this in this segment of Rosé? Oakley Doakley. Let's um, roll. The first question is, are you useful in a crisis? And this was submitted by my mother. Donna Kaz, no. Mama Kaz. I started out with no, and then I decided yes. Are you useful <laughs> in a crisis? So Tim, Tim has already waffled and spent five seconds and he said no and then a yes. Why, Tim, are you useful in a crisis? <laughs> so when I was like, are you useful? I'm just like, no. I know where I went to. Just and then you, are you and then useful? You, <laughs> wrong. Next. And then you finish the question with in a crisis and it's like, yeah. So why yeah. are you useful in a crisis, though? What do you bring um, to the table? So even e- even when I'm a complete just fucking mess at a party, like if if something does go legitimately wrong, I can absolutely and not always in a party. I can be sober or just drunk for no reason. But um, like like I I just instantly sober up and go into damage control. Martha says she goes into mom mode. I I don't want to be. Uh, I'm not gonna say I'm everybody's dad because that's just a joke. <laughs> also uh, creepy. Also creepy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah true. I'm your own daddy. <laughs> Call me daddy. Who's your daddy? Call me um, <laughs> um, but it's it's I I I guess just growing up having to deal with as many issues and things that no one below the age of 18 should have ever had to deal with before they were 18. Uh, I just, I guess I'm constantly on just like damage control. Uh, and with Boy Scouts and everything else, I've just constantly like learned things. Like I know how to do the Heimlich maneuver. I know how to do CPR. I'm certified and all that bullshit. So just general knowledge of like, Please don't die. Please don't mm-hmm. die. I need to make sure you don't die. Fuck, what do I do? Because mm-hmm. uh, most people's initial reaction to a crisis is just like, fuck! Or yeah. just freezing. Yeah, or, or just freezing. And my initial reaction is just like, all right, shit needs to happen. Let's do it. I will do all of my freak out and emotional response later with a beer crying into yeah. a pillow. Mm-hmm. But that, that's later. So I, I, I guess it's just, that's how I respond to crisis, crisis, crises, crises, yeah. crises. Yeah, it's just immediate damage control. That's my response to most things. Um. Yeah, I would. For me personally, it depends on the situation. If there's people who are already taking control, I am. Uh, I I will be there. I will be useful <laughs> as long as they're telling me what to do. If no one's taking control, if I can get a minute. I can take control and I can figure out what needs to get done. But if I have people coming all into my ear yelling at me from this side and that side, I'm so frantic that I'm like, I don't know what to do either. Give me five minutes. Like working as a manager at McDonald's where we would get busy, I would like I would have to figure out what would be the best move to go right away when we have 45 people walking in the door. And so, like, when people were looking at me like that, I was like, all right, I'll do this. You do that. I'll move and move pieces around. But, like, I remember we were at Firefly a few years back, and it just started downpour raining. We, like, it was so bad that we had to leave the festival grounds, and everyone was getting text alerts saying, "Bunker, hunker down in your car. Yes. Like, it was that bad. And we, instead of getting into our car, we had this giant banquet tent that, like, at one point the wind pushes through and almost lifts and drops the tent right on us to where everyone gets into immediate frantic mode. And uh, it was your wife, uh, girlfriend at the time, wife now, Jenna, who was like, all right, let's tie everything down. And like, Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I need a steak. And I'm just holding a thing down. Yeah. And I'm just getting rained on. But I'm like, this is fine. I don't care. I need to hold this here. This is what I was told to do until I get a steak. And it's like... It depends on the situation, but generally, yes, I feel I'm fairly useful in a crisis. I think that's the toughest part of handling any crisis is sort of walking the line between, like, being the alpha, being the hero, and then acknowledging when somebody else has expertise. Yeah. And when you should 
knowing when to like hang back and take like more of a supplementary role in a crisis. Um, like, like to, to your point, Jen, Jenna was in Girl Scouts. Like she, she's done all this, the, the camping stuff specifically for years and years. Yeah. Tim did Boy Scouts and everything. And, and I think there's a, there's always that flash in everybody's head. The moment a crisis hits where you go, all right, I need to take charge. And then as you quickly, you have to quickly assess, is it really a good idea for me to take charge? Yeah. Like, you know, if it's like, I, I, I'm thinking of candidly very few scenarios where it's really the best idea for me to take charge of all people, which maybe is the answer to the question. Um, but there are definitely situations where like in, if somebody else doesn't do it, I will do it just to be like, all right, somebody has to step up and handle this situation and at least like start directing people where to go and that'll be my role. But the toughest part I think is, is figuring out, okay, this is not my time to shine. I'm just going to listen. And that, that snap difference, that snap bit of time between realizing somebody needs to take charge and deciding whether or not you're that person, I think is what makes you the best in a crisis. Because that, that, that ability to determine what your role is in the crisis determines how, how effective you're going to be in yeah. that crisis. But generally in an instance like that, I will turn around and do one thing I see necessary and I'll stay there and do that until I'm told otherwise or until I see no one is taking charge. If no one's taking charge. I'm like, all right, I need somebody to take over this so I can assess everything else. Yeah. Bolger, what, what would you say that you are useful in a crisis? Um, that is up for debate. Um, I think it's very dependent on the situation and how I'm feeling that day because I'm either going to like be very not useful at all and chaotic or I'm going to do exactly what is needed. I don't really have control over that. It's just day-based. Okay. Is there a particular type of crisis that you think you'd be best suited to solve or take the lead on? Not particularly. I mean, Usually from what I find, it's best to just kind of get what you guys touched on, the right people who know the right information in positions of power to begin with. So if I'm in the right state of mind, I will do that. Otherwise, I'll probably just make it a lot worse, not intentionally, but just out of chaos, just kind of start doing it. Sure. (laughs) This this question makes me laugh at different ideas because even though it's not a crisis, I – I'm always reminded of the story of Firefly where you guys were packing up. I think it, I had already left. It was our second year. And like that year was so bad for rain and everything else. We got flooded multiple times. So I left early the next morning. You guys are like breaking down and a lot of campsites leave things. And I'm told the story that your cousin, Brandon was being told, go get the find things that could be useful for future fireflies or camping trips. And he walks over, grabs a sock and walks over to Jenna's like, I found this. That's and not <laughs> useful. What? <laughs> you weren't there that year, I, I believe, because that this was a uh, McCartney year. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is not useful. And, and Jenna told me and Martha that we're never allowed to not go again. Yeah. On account of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, because Martha and Jenna are very good at taking charge, and that is that is one rough thing when you're doing a camping situation with the two of them, is they are both very alpha about the stuff. Correct. That they might tend to slightly butt heads a little bit, hmm. because one of them thinks this needs to get done first, the other one thinks that one needs to get done first. Both of them have camped yeah, a they, lot. They know what they both know what they're doing, and... That's when, like, in situations like that where I shine, I'm like, all right, well, I'll help you and this person will come with me. The rest of you help this person and do these things. But none of us are going to get a sock. Yeah. Like, none of us are going to get a sock. None of us are going to assess the situation. This is obviously what she meant. And shout out to Brandon. He was a relative kid at this point. He's, he's actually he's, he's grown and, and matured. Matured into a fine young man. Which, yeah. Uh, so I think it the works. We're kind of neutral. Absolutely something that happened. And as far as crisis is concerned, a lot of crises... <clears throat> A lot of crises response is also a matter of preparation. Going back to that same Firefly, um, I jumped like seven cars that day yeah. because everybody ran a battery. And it was just like before the, before the festival started, my thought was last year, 
one of our car batteries died, and I just want to get as nice of a pair of jumper cables as I can afford. Yeah. And it's going to be useful forever. And I jumped six cars that year. <laughs> well, that was... That's when we melted a pair of jumper cables. That was we the first did. year. And that's why I had to get a new one. Yeah. Well, you, you had other jumper cables that melted, and I had, like, a cheapo pair that I had, somehow worked. My yeah. cables melted. It was right. the first year. Yeah, it was, and it was like, ours. I oh, did, no matter. Right. I did everything right. It's just those cables <clears> were so old and, like, rotted on the inside because they just sat in my car for yeah. five years yeah that like they just melt they ended melting up the the rubber around the, the cables yeah <laughs> I, that's a problem with like like uh like the the lower end because i've had like the the like the, the jumper cables that come in like a package of like this is your excuse me emergency kit nice. and here you know and it's like a ten dollar pair of jumper cables or an older pair of jumper cables and like the the copper will just melt and yeah, you know, and it's and again, crises acting is as much a matter of preparation as anything. None of us knew going into that firefly uh, yeah. that all of our car batteries were going to die. Yeah, so and it's just oh man. Which, by the way, for those who don't know, um, Firefly is the like preeminent music festival on the East Coast. Uh, the the basically the Delaware equivalent of Coachella, which is a weird thing to say, but it is actually what the, what it is. Yeah, it's a weird it, statement though. It is, it is and, and it's so intertwined with Coachella <laughs> this now. Is our like Bonnaroo. It is it's the same ownership group that owns Coachella owns Firefly now. But and the really? the lineup is so oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, it's garbage. It's because garbage. because it's fan curated. It's terrible. It just proves right, there are some good bands in there. What's there's, that? Some. There's some. No. Just there's not some. enough to warrant, like, I'm going to shell out several hundred dollars to spend a week. Yeah. Oh, hell it no. seems like there's always, like, one or two days that's got a really good lineup. Yep. Friday looks good and Sunday looks good. Yeah. Jukebox the Ghost finally got on there. I after, know. After, after, I year, go. after years of me complaining that Jukebox would be perfect for this for this festival, they finally show up and it's like, Boy, everyone else sucks. Yeah. What's the matter yeah, with you guys? More, more or less, it's like Panic is great. Jukebox the, Jukebox the Ghost, uh, AJR, who's up and coming, and they're really TLC good. TLC without Lazy Left Eye Lopez, or Lisa Left Eye Lopez, not Lazy which Left Eye Lopez. <laughs> which is just like, what the fuck is that anyway? Yeah. Uh, so, so then at that point, it's just like a bunch of bands no one's heard of. Could be good, but could be bad. And then yeah, a yeah. handful of bands of like, yeah, this is like your seventh year at Firefly. We've seen you already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We don't really and, need to see you again. And, and the last time I went to Firefly, back. I went yeah. like Friday and Sunday. <clears throat> I, was, I was excited for those bands. But Saturday, I had a terrible day. It was a dead space. Because it was like there was nothing that I was interested in almost that entire day. And I'm like, I'm never doing that again. I'm not going if there's a day that I don't care about. Because now Firefly started as like an alternative kind yeah. of festival. Is it that we're getting old, or is it that the focus of these festivals is changing? It's the, the focus, focus of the festival. I'm leaning towards Bulger, but I also think like obviously we're getting old, but the way that Firefly started was, you know, the big bands were the Killers, Death Cat for Cutie, and what, Kings of Leon or something like that. I don't remember what happened the first year. But it's it slowly grown to where it's it's gone from like a 104.5 festival to like some, uh, some alternative bands. With like, and, then, and then you get like, you know, Travis Scott. Like, there's no real reason Travis Scott, if, if, if this festival was going with the original mission of what these alternative rock alternative music pop kind of festivals are, there's no reason Travis Scott should be there. Yeah. You know, he's famous because he's dating a Kardashian and he got a record deal. It's ever since they had Paul McCartney, they kind of just went downhill. Like, because the year they had Paul McCartney, the year after they had The Killers, correct? Or was it the same year they had McCartney? No, no, that, it was The yeah. Killers, yeah. It was the year after they had The Killers. Wait, no, you're right. It was The Killers was that year. The next year was, oh boy. It was the same year because I didn't see The Killers. <clears throat> yes. The next year um, was... Kings of Leon, Lawrence and the Machine. Yeah. And, and, uh, Mumford. Flowy in person. Oh, yeah, Mumford and Sons. And That's it was right. like, I was like, the year with McCartney and Killers, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm excited. But then I heard, oh, the, this is the second time the Killers have come to the show that has been around for four years. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. And now it's the what, two and three years later, and they're, Headlining again? Yeah. They're, they're running it's, out of options. They're trying to keep the alternative cred a little bit while they're yeah. slowly shifting towards, like... Yeah. Like, Jimmy Eat World is back again. 
I were there two years ago. Yeah, no, and I love Jimmy World. Don't get me wrong, but man, yeah. like that's that's you want something different. I've I've yeah, seen you want some I've, I've seen Weezer twice. I've seen Twenty One Pilots twice. Guess where I've seen them both at? Both yeah. the same fireflies of each year's. I, my my wife and I are eyeing up Rock on the Range, which is a festival out in Ohio. It's primarily hard rock and like alternative metal bands. And if the lineup's any good, the Brose podcast is going to Rock on the Range. What Just is it? I mean, I don't know. If is we it get, range? It depends. It depends on how generous our Patreon subscribers are. But uh, but that we don't have yet. That we don't have yet. <laughs> uh, all right, we, we've, we've I've taken us off the rails a yeah. little bit. Um, all right, so let's pull another one out. Let me see if I have. Uh... <laughs> this is an unusually specific <laughs> question. Uh, it, this doesn't have a name. Okay. But it's directed towards Mr. Sweeten. Oh boy, Richard. Uh-oh. Was there Swiss cheese in the Stromboli? There was no Swiss cheese. <laughs> <laughs> this is as inside baseball as it gets on this uh, podcast. Okay. Expl- explain this. So, uh, Sean's wife, Mary, is pregnant, and being pregnant, she has heightened senses, and she can smell everything, and apparently she doesn't like the smell of Swiss cheese. Um, so, during the Christmas party, I had made two Strombolis. I had a pepperoni Stromboli... And a cheesesteak stromboli. Both of them I used the same pizza blend from Wegmans. I believe it was Wegmans. Maybe ShopRite. I can't fully remember. Maybe half and half. Um, and then I made like a cheese sauce for the cheesesteak one. And then the pepperoni one was just regular, like just cheese. She sat there on top of them, not on top of them, but by them. And was like, there's Swiss cheese in one of these. There has to be. I can smell Swiss cheese. I hate Swiss cheese. And they kept asking me, was there a Swiss cheese? Is it? No, there is no Swiss cheese mm-hmm. unless the ShopRite or Wegmans Pizza Blend cheese has Swiss cheese in it. I refuse to use Swiss cheese. I hate Swiss cheese. I think it's smelly, gross, and it doesn't melt right. And working at McDonald's, having it out for five hours, it would start to sweat and get a film on top. It's just disgusting. I don't do Swiss cheese. I will never purposefully eat Swiss cheese unless it's on a cheese platter and I don't know it's Swiss cheese which at that point it's not purposefully eating hey, hey Rich yeah do you know if it was Wegmans do you know if it was Ultimate Firehouse blend or it was, oh, this up. It was the Mexican blend it was the Wait, Mexican it, blend it was Wegmans pizza blend just Wegmans yeah, pizza, that's what it was I don't know if it, it was at the I, know, I believe it was like like ShopRite I get like the four cheese pizza blend and Wegmans, I just got their pizza blend, which I think was just mozzarella, parmesan, and cheddar. And yep. um, ShopRite is mozzarella, parmesan, cheddar, and American. Now, this is probably the wrong podcast to be discussing. This is this is the Brose podcast hosted by four dudes. I genuinely do not know. You mentioned that that you know Mary's got a heightened sense of mm-hmm. of senses at this point as as she is as she is pregnant with child. But is do you pregnant have pregnant with Lizzie? With lizard, uh, do do you have any? Is there any distortion of the senses? Does anybody well, know if you if, if if you are if you are bearing a child? Do you, do you have any distorted senses? I mean, that's the thing. It's not quite heightened senses. More of like like strengthened senses. Like she can smell everything, but the thing she's smelling might be the smell that she like the Swiss she smell, but it might just be a little off. There is a thing called quotes baby brain, which. Y- like it's hard to explain, but when you're pregnant, your your uh, mental factors might not work as quick, and mm-hmm. we're not. I'm not trying to say anything negative. I'm just saying like there was no Swiss cheese. Mm-hmm. I promise. Mm-hmm. Cross my heart. Mm-hmm. Like, Tim, I'm going to turn this over to the Tims, our official jury of this. Uh, Tim and Tim, was there Swiss cheese in the Stromboli? Nope. Nah. Um, I was with Richie and Mary during this conversation, and I was the one who looked up the cheese at the party. There was definitely no Swiss cheese in it, and I thought there was based on smell, but there was no Swiss cheese. Yeah, when, when I ate it, I didn't notice any Swiss, and to me, Swiss is a very distinct taste that yeah. I'm not a huge fan of, except for like very specific applications, like on roast beef. Oh, but, over the uh, summer, I learned that Swiss cheese is supposed to be like the the healthiest deli meat for you. Like as far as oh. cheeses go, 
Is that because um, there's so many holes that there's just less? <laughs> I can be part of the There's, like, there's like a less less of a sodium content too, or something like Leftover that. Leftover bacteria eating your insides. It could be it just doesn't <laughs> have as much cheese. <laughs> that could actually be it. Um, but I, I've never been particularly fond of Swiss cheese myself. I, I've tried it just because, like, oh well, it's supposed it's supposed to be quote unquote better. Excuse me, better for you. So I, I've given it a shot. But I, I would think that, especially in something like Stromboli, which is you know should really be heavy on the mozzarella that if it was anything other than mozzarella that you would yeah. that more than a couple of people would pick up on it right and, away. And, and the thing is like a few weeks later I made two strombolis for my work potluck and I made a cheese stromboli and it was a five cheese stromboli and it was cheddar mozzarella like pizza blend so it was like sharp cheddar pizza blend so Wegmans pizza blend so it was parmesan and mozzarella um, or something like that, and then Colby Jack and Cheddar Jack, or and then I sprinkled <coughs> Parmesan cheese on top. Like it was, uh, there was no Swiss cheese. All right, we're Parms. doing it. Three best cheeses. Rank them. Tim Anson. Oh, man. <laughs> Tim Bulger. <laughs> Be a little more that's, agreeable, please. <laughs> that, that's that's a hard question to drop on a man. <clears throat> um, I know there's a million types of cheeses, but uh, to be candid, I, I've probably only had like twelve of them. I mean, I love sharp cheddar, and I actually like Swiss. Um, I'm a very ugly American, so like sharp cheddar and extra sharp cheddar are two of my three. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so I kind of group them together. I know they're different, but that's the joke. You know, that's the joke. That's the joke. I would would say a. a high moisture mozzarella would be my number one because that's just delicious and it melts in your mouth. Is there Moist. any so for the unsophisticated like me? What's the difference between high moisture and like just like, plain old mozzarella? So generally, the pizza you would get is a low moisture mozzarella pizza. It is something that like a, a regular mozzarella, like the fancier mozzarellas, sit in a liquid, and it is just like it's more creamy as you eat mm. it. And I could sit it's there a and very just very different texture. Yeah. Okay. Um, low moisture is like easy to easy to shred, easy to chop, and melts appropriately. High moisture, it'll like pull. Like the liquid would absolutely pull. Like, um, so yeah, I would say high moisture is number one. Um, then a really good sharp cheddar would be number two. And uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like provolone, a really good provolone would be number three. Mm. Like if I'm making a sandwich, it's generally going to be a provolone. If I'm eating cheese on its own, it's going to be the mozzarella and the cheddar. Provolone's good if you're looking to take like a slight step up from another. Like instead of just getting American cheese on a sandwich, it's like all right, I'm getting provolone. It's it's it's. Trying to think of a good example. It's it's like going from like the the lowest cut beef that you can get to like. All right, I'm going with the medium cut. Like provolone is like the the slightly richer man's version of of, of American cheese. Yeah, and, and not in any textural or taste way, but just in in your your application of it. Like it's it's a good step up from American. Yeah, yeah. That's fair. Any yeah, other thoughts just, on cheese, generally? I just refuse to answer this question because <laughs> the only the only way I can rank cheese is in reference to something else. If we're just eating straight up cheese, I'm just not gonna do it. Like I don't like I don't like eating just chunks of cheese. I fucking hate it. Okay, well, let's say let's say as a cold cut. We'll we'll, we'll say like you're you're presented with a delicious turkey, hams, whatever Rusty. kind of cold cut sandwich right. you've got. If it's turkey, American. If it's an Italian, provolone, roast beef, Swiss, maybe Cooper Sharp. Cooper Sharp goes Look great with tavern ham. Like that's my point. It depends on what that's why I yeah. can't rank them because it's in reference to something else and depending on what that something else is it's a completely different yeah I can get that because you're not going to put an American cheese on a on a meatball parm or a uh, roast beef sandwich you're going to put a provolone what's that? cheddar maybe I general application for would be a good way to look at them I mean I can see provolone and it, it does go well I think cheddar adds that unexpected little extra something that you're yeah. not expecting, so it's just like, ooh, this is different. As a complete Luddite, is there any reason we can't fully, like, and, I, and I'm generally okay with American cheese, but is there any reason that we can't replace American cheese wholly with, with cheddar? 
We can. Because no. it's better cheese. American cheese yeah, is, fa- is, is fake that. cheddar cheese. It's just plastic. Like it's, yeah. it's like a it's like a compound. Like American <laughs> like <laughs> it is. There's a whole I mean, article about how millennials are killing the craft single. We're and not that's killing what anything. Is. We're making bad things go away. It's called like a free dinner. market. Taxation We're killing stuff. it, but that's because it needs to die. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. But, yeah, it's the same reason why the phonograph doesn't exist anymore. Millennials are killing the Wells Fargo wagon. Like, it's definitely needed and deserved. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so American is a cheap cheddar. So, Mary, there was no Swiss in the Stromboli. Promise you. And at the bottom line, Stone Cold Sweeten said so. <laughs> uh, Rich, what is the next question? Uh, the next question, again, submitted by Matt's mom. Oh, boy. Is, uh, would you consider yourself an introvert or an extrovert? I don't know if anybody can be exclusively categorized like that anymore. Well, there's there was an article, I believe Tim shared it, uh, Hanson shared it, uh, like, a few years back. Uh, about like being an introverted extrovert or an extroverted introvert, and I, I am an extroverted introvert. Like there are a lot of times where I'm like, I just want to be alone, but I do find comfort in being out and about with people as well. But there's a lot more often where I'm just like, I need to sit in and read a book or watch a show, than I do go out. So like I can, I'm more of the introvert. But I don't mind going out and doing new things and being around people that I know. I think that that makes sense. And I think so. So for anybody who's familiar with with the Myers-Briggs test, maybe you can help me out with this. So I can sort of picture easily the extroverted introvert where it's almost like you've got a battery. And when the battery's running, you're out there, you're shaking, you're, you're shaking babies and kissing hands, you know, whatever the, yeah. the phraseology you want to use. Uh, but then once the battery's out, you need your time. Yeah. So I can picture that. What would an introverted extrovert look like? Hello. Hey, buddy. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you got some experience here. So, so, so walk me through this. Yeah. Um, so, so Rich, you were definitely right. I absolutely shared that, that article. I've shared multiple articles. I find this to be an interesting con- conversation, and it didn't really take a forefront uh, a forefront to me. Probably the wrong words, but fuck it. Uh, until I met Martha, honestly, because it, it sparked a lot of conversation in between the differences and similarities between us, and how even though we seem very similar in a lot of ways, we are by and large opposites of each other. Um, so I consider myself an introvert with extroverted tendencies. And Matt, you mentioned the the battery. Uh, I usually like to look at it as I have a bucket full of water. That water is my energy uh, as far as an introvert. So it's like I've got my bucket. As I use it, I give everybody a little bit. And it just drain, drain, drain. Eventually, you bet your, my bucket is empty and I need to go recharge uh, which is when you end up going out by yourself. Whereas the extrovert is just like they fill their bucket by being with other people, where they yes. charge their battery by being with other people. They need that interaction. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, Martha and I have debated this ourselves. I tend to see her as an, extra, an extrovert with introverted tendencies, which is a little different. Um, where she she largely needs to be with people to feel fulfilled to get that energy, but she has a lot of tendencies that don't fulfill that, and that she doesn't go out of her way to spend time with people. She doesn't go out of her way to fulfill that need, which just kind of has a vicious cycle. Whereas me, I I like try to go out and see people, spend time with people, but then I quickly run out of energy and like. And fuck it, I want to go home now. Bye. Right, right. Um, so I, I guess that's probably the easiest summary as far as I can have been able to relate. And with Myers-Briggs, uh, I'm an INTJ. And when I tell people that, that have known me for any period of time. So what, is that, what does INTJ mean for those who haven't taken the test? Uh, what is it? Uh, intellect. I don't remember what N stands for. I don't. 
T is thinking and J is judgment. Introversion, okay. intuition, thinking, judgment. Yeah. So in yeah, what what Tim said. Okay. So a, a, a common friend between Martha and I is also an INTJ, and when we had this conversation, he was blown away. He's like, that that doesn't make any sense to it uh, to me based on how I know you. Uh, and how I explain that to people is just like, listen, yes, I am outgoing typically, but a lot of that personality and that persona I've created, I've learned and taught myself to do because I was tired of being alone. Like being by myself, I'm okay with, but feeling legitimately alone is a completely different thing. And that hurts and that's sad and it's isolating. Mm -hmm. So I knew I had to, I was like, if I need to get over that loneliness, I need to create the ability to be able to interact with everybody, to be that goofball, to be the funny guy, which is kind of where dumbass came from. But I've been going away from that as much as I can because that feeds into a completely different side. So, yeah, dumbass is almost like your 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 dice. If you're yeah. like Andrew Dice Clay, He's Tim like... Prime. I'm pointing it now. <laughs> Tim Prime from now on. Boulder, I feel like you and I have talked about this in the past, but this strikes me as something that you have thought a decent amount about. Like, Give me your thoughts on the subject. Uh, so I thought I was in his boat. I think that I'm about as introverted as it gets. And I, the point that I don't really feel even the need to go hang out with people, but even hyping a little bit on what Tim's saying, even though I don't have that feeling that I need to go out and interact with people, it's still there. You still realize some of the side effects if you don't end up doing it. You have to push yourself a little bit harder to do it since you don't have that inbound um, uh, restriction of time alone. Mm-hmm. Just kind yeah. of built into your personality. And I think no matter what the personality is, whether you're a complete extrovert, a complete introvert, or somewhere in between, I think there has to be some modicum of social interaction and some modicum of per of, of private time alone time like i think I, I i think earlier in my life i might have been a complete extrovert and i think as i've grown older i've, I've grown to be more of an extroverted introvert um in the sense that i love being in social situations but i also like there's there's typically a point in any social engagement where i just get whew, i'm exhausted like, I just like, boy, it would be awesome if I could just lay down in bed and, and listen to a podcast or something like that. I like, think that's just called being old. That could also <laughs> just <laughs> old. It usually strikes around 10, Sorry, 30 at night. Well. And it's usually, yeah, I need to listen to my story. I need my programs. No, I, no and, and I agree. Like, I think... I think the extroverted introvert thing is probably closer to what I am, but there, there is a certain amount of fuel that you get from, you know, the, the, the ugh, boy, not dopamine. What's the other one? Um, Endorphins? Mel- no, not melanin. That's skin. Boy, I'm an idiot. Um, but <clears throat> it's oh, not dopamine. No, I can't remember what it is now. Um, but, but there's a certain hit that you get in your hormones from social interaction that I think activates parts of your brain that simply just aren't activated by... Oxytocin? 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 Well, oh, shoot. I, I, it's going to drive me insane. Serotonin. Uh, serotonin, probably. It was serotonin. It was serotonin. Serotonin yeah. is the one. Um, so there's a certain serotonin hit from social interaction that I think you get by activating oh, certain parts of the brain that you're not going to be able to activate by sitting oh, at home yeah. and playing video games or reading a book or what have you. Both are important. I think I'm more of an extroverted introvert, but I, I may skew more extrovert. Um, and I think it's just because, honestly, social interaction not only keeps me engaged and interested, and I love talking with people and bullshitting with people, but I think it keeps me honest because it... it, it, mm. it, 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 it <laughs> It provides me a frame of reference for my own life in a very in a strange way, because if you just if all you're doing is judging your own life by your by what you perceive others accomplishments to be or what you perceive your own accomplishments to be, you know, you're going to skewed sense of reality. Like, listen, I I want to know what other people are working on. And I want to know what other people want to do with their lives. 
And you're only going to do that by talking with other people. So I think it, the exchange of ideas is sort of what's... I'm getting very macro here. Uh, the exchange of ideas and the exchange of, of, perc- of perceptions and perspectives is what's advanced society in general. So I think no healthy human being can exist without that to some degree. Um, even if you still need time to sit at home and play Let's Go EV or uh, or listen well, to whatever on, on uh, Overcast. So I still get a lot of that info, though. Um, so rather than having conversations okay. with people, I'll just kind of like you'll see me at parties even with you guys. I'll kind of hang off to the side and just listen to other people's conversations. Mm-hmm. And they'll usually involve me after a certain point, but I'm not directly involved with it. That's kind of where I get that reflective process from it. I don't necessarily need the interaction itself. I just need to hear what other people are doing. If they're interested in what I'm doing, I'll tell them. But I know sometimes people just kind of like having the conversations themselves, and I just like being around. Mm-hmm. And I think that approaches into a different different topic from uh, being introverted versus extroverted. Uh, yeah, extroverted, uh, and more so, uh, not self centered, but egocentrism and. Mm. More, being more concerned about yourself versus other people that can go hand in hand with being an extrovert wanting to be concerned about others being an introvert being more concerned about yourself sure but that's not necessarily mutually exclusive mm-hmm. um so i would definitely agree you're more on the extroverted side uh and but i i don't think you are an extrovert because you are interested in what everyone else is doing you're damn and right. You're all boring. Fuck <laughs> you on the best. Because a lot, a lot of like the more prominent extroverts don't give a fuck about anyone else, and they only care about themselves. So I, I think it is something that is a different conversation, but can mm-hmm. absolutely feed into not necessarily the best ways, uh, either extroversion or introversion. Not to drag mm-hmm. it on either. I wonder if um like introspection and being an introvert kind of go hand in hand as well. Um, I never really thought about that though. So that makes sense. I mean, it makes sense if you, if you, if you're spending a lot of time, uh, essentially, essentially alone, even if you, if you are getting bits and pieces of, of, of people's conversations or, or reading or what have you, you know, if you spend a lot of time sort of on your own, on your own terms, you're, you're, yeah, the, the, your your gaze is eventually going to turn inward. I mean, that yeah. that's sort of that that makes sense to me. That happen. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Any, any any other final thoughts on introversion, extroversion, anything like that? Did, did you good. actually answer this question? Um, I did kind of, but I was looking at my uh, MBIT because I couldn't remember what it was. I'm an INFP. T. INFP. Uh, I was looking mine up too. You definitely got it's, the feeling. It's, it's, I'm an INTP. What's P? Uh, perspective. Perspective, I think. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you ever taken the MBIT? I, I did, but it was like a long time or ago. Or MBTI. That's, it, was, it, it might have been like my freshman year of college. Yeah, I, very similar. Took it within the past year, and it was... It's, 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 given. it's, it's <laughs> on my uh, Tinder profile. Because <laughs> a lot of people do it, and a lot of people get reactions from it. So. It's the same as you. Well, if you're interested in the Myers-Briggs test, uh, it is it is readily available uh, online in various locations, I believe. Yeah. Um, my next question that I am holding my hand is best saved for another time, um, because uh, Mr. Oh, Sean O'Brien, may he live forever, yeah. uh, is not here tonight, and he's really the best person to ask about this. So I'm going to turn over the final question of episode 5.3 to you, Mr. Sweet. All right. Uh, to me, is, is, is submitted by a, a Tess Riley. We know who Tess Riley is, right? She's a figment of our imagination. Uh, is she related to Grace Riley? I I, I think so. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Jeez. Um, oh, 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 O'Reilly. Oh. <laughs> uh, anyway, the question the question is: uh, Have you ever been beaten up? Ooh, You're beaten up. Yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. I've uh, I've 
I, I punched my brother in the nose hard enough where it was, was bleeding, but I've never actually been, like, beaten up to the point, to, like, yeah. a pulp or anything. Like, I don't get into many fights. Hmm. Uh, generally, people like me. I, I mean, I think there's different, I mean, obviously there's a difference between getting beat up and being in a fight. Yeah, well, like... Oh, yeah, the problem is when you're a kid, like, getting into a fight is really dumb. Like, yeah, I, dude, I have been in a fight. When I was, like, 13, I got in a fight with some kid in, like, a locker room at day camp. And it mostly involved, like, me pushing him once and then us, like, whipping each other with towels. It was, like, the wimpiest, dumbest fight yeah. in mankind's <laughs> history. And, and, and no, So I would not classify that as either of us getting beat up. No. Anyway. So. But, like. No. Had, but we got like, a fight. Like, I, because. <clears throat> I remember there was a bully back when I was in, like, fifth grade, probably. Okay. Where um, he was, he got to me so much, and one day I was like, let's fight at the park, after school, at this time, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, excuse me, it was raining that day, and so I was like, I'm not raining, it was snowing, so I was like... I'm not fucking going to this fight. <laughs> and uh, it's a good thing I didn't because apparently he found a two by four that he was waiting for me and he was mm. going to knock me over the head with. So I would have gotten beaten up had I not been like, I'm not fucking going. <laughs> I'm not fighting this dude. He's a douche. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make I'm I'm going to win this by telling him I'm going and not go. Um that kid's name happened to be Josh, by the way. Uh, oh, that's <laughs> sponsor yeah. the Brose podcast. Um, but yeah, no, like, when, when I think of getting beaten up, like the only thing I can think of is either like getting into a fight, getting knocked over and trampled on, or getting into a very bad car accident to cause you to be hurt all over. And none of that's really ever happened to me. I've gotten pretty lucky with that stuff. Hmm. What do you guys, have, you, have either of you ever been beaten up or been in a fight or anything like that? Uh, of different variations, yeah. I'm not going to mm. go into details and everything, but one of the, one particularly <clears throat> funny one was uh, when I was in Boy Scouts, Colin Hughes punched me in the face. Colin Hughes? <laughs> yeah. Um, huh. I don't remember why exactly, but uh, we were playing Frisbee, and I don't, I don't think I would give the Frisbee up to him, so he just kind of punched me in the face. And I was like, okay, fine, you can have it. <laughs> Jeez. All right. Well, uh, I mean, and then like I've had like illnesses and stuff like that. So if you're getting like kind of vague with beat up, all right. that stuff. Right. I mean, I, I think that 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 might be a different classification of being beat up. <clears throat> um, no, I don't know. Hanson, what about you? I I mean, if we're talking about being punched like just once, uh. It's- a good enough punch. Oh, pow. I mean, is, people get knocked out in the head sometimes. It's so. okay. Um, he was a deacon at the time, but I got punched in the stomach uh, trying to take keys from someone who shouldn't have fucking been driving. <laughs> um, so that's one. But uh, no, I I got bullied a lot when I was going to Philip and James in grade school. Uh, one of the kids on my bus used to regularly uh, bully and beat me up. And then when he eventually got kicked out, I don't even remember his name. I just remember that he beat me up and stole my Game Boy. <laughs> wow. Game Boy Pocket. Um, Ooh. Rude. Because this was new technology. Uh, but then, like, the next year, we had a new girl on my bus who was stocky older than me and she was friends with that guy and when she found out that I was part of the reason why he got kicked out she did the same fucking thing which was just like so it's worse because you're also a girl and you're beating the fuck out of me this this is this is not better I know you didn't intend to live in an always sunny episode but yeah get the shit beaten out of it that wasn't fun but the so that's why when I went to CFS, I was just like, ah, I'm, not, I'm not doing this shit no more. I'm going to wrestle. I'm going to do sports, get stronger, and I'm going to stick up for myself, mm-hmm. which I, I became a bully for a little bit at that point, which I'm not terribly proud of, uh, but I reeled it back in. Hmm. I, 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 and, 
Interestingly, I think a lot of, of us, because I've certainly felt like I've been bullied in the past, and I'm sure I've been a bully in the past and just not perceived it. I mean, it's it's all relative. Like, it's not just like the traditional, oh, you're looking at a cartoon, and this is the bully group, and this is the, mm. the bullied group. Like, it's all relative, and it's all a matter of perception. Mm-hmm. You can even be bullied within your own friend groups and stuff like that, depending on the context. Now, fuck off, Tim. Shut up. <laughs> All right. No, 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 I agree with that too for sure. Um, like, there, there's certainly, again, relative like dominance or relative like somebody trying to impose their will upon another in a group of people, and, and you gotta be, you gotta be aware of that. Which is why Sean's not here. Because Sean, <laughs> amen. Poor Sean can't Poor defend Sean. himself. No, no, definitely. Well, he definitely can't defend himself with that one dick. I mean, rest of it's real. Second day. He's got to get healed up so he has both. No, rest and recover <laughs> well, Sean. Uh, <laughs> the, the second one was vestigial anyway, so it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we, we've we've run dry on questions, at least for yeah. this week, at least. I think so. So that's episode five dot three of the Brose Podcast. Good work out of all of you. Y'all did y'all did yeoman's work today, and I, and I really appreciate that. Honestly, I still do not understand this term. Well, well, a yeoman, <laughs> a yeoman is someone on a boat. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's all uh, you need. Um, like, somebody who lives I, in I South Florida. I had no idea where this yo. came from. He said yeoman, and my brain just goes, oh, YMCA. Yeoman. If I were to give ourselves a grade for these last three episodes, A+. Because you know what? Have faith in yourself. I'm about it. I dig it. All right. Well, Mr. Bolger. Yes. The new, thank you very much for joining us, first of all. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Sure. If people were to find your musings uh, anywhere on social media, uh, specifically on Twitter, where would they find them? Uh, it's going to be at Enzolin, E-N-Z-O-L-I-N-N. Mr. Hansen, what about you? At Tim R. Hansen. Mr. Sweden. At B underscore Walnuts. And I'm on Twitter at MKaznel, M-K-A-S-Z-N-E-L. Sean O'Brien is, of course, on Twitter at... Broken Wiener. Hey! That's a week. Hey! <laughs> and the podcast is available at Brose underscore podcast. If you have a question for any of us that you'd like to hear, to hear answered on the air, uh, brosequestions at gmail.com is the way to get in touch with us. And, of course, we're available on every podcast app known to man. Uh, gentlemen, say goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye to the listeners. Goodbye to the listeners. They for, beat you to it. For Tim, for Tim, for Rich, for Sean, my name is Matt Kaznell. Have a great night, and as always, a very pleasant tomorrow. I was trying to do that. Is that your piano outro? Yeah. We have a board for that. It's right over there.